People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another brand new edition of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. I'm your co-host, Joe. I'm here with my brother, Matt. Matt, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and everybody else listening. Thank you again for all your continued support. Um, it has been a hot minute, yes, as, it has. As, as my daughter would say. I don't um, know what that means, but yes, it has. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, since you and I got together, the holidays have been uh, super hectic for the both of us. Yes. Um, and talking to you earlier, it like it definitely it hit me like a ton of bricks. Exactly how hectic it was for the both of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, in in any case, it's good to see you again. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be back and uh, and doing this and. Uh apologized for the the late episode 90 that's that's entirely my fault <laughs> uh, <laughs> i just i just could not get it in time getting that episode ready and there it is things ha- yeah things happen it's okay <laughs> it's all good but back to our regular schedule and um yeah i mean the holidays are over no more more of a regular schedule I, I actually, I, yeah. I never feel bad about when stuff gets posted late because mm-hmm. of our subject matter. And, you know, there's a lot of times where we talk um, current events, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of it is, a lot of it is uh, definitely relevant uh, because we don't, you know, it, although we talk current events, mm. it, it our topics are always broad. Yes, and and we try to keep them evergreen. And I actually had um, a listener of the show tell me that, like, it doesn't matter that you guys post late. I always check it out because I know you guys always have something relevant to say, which is that's nice well, to hear. Yes, thank you for that. So um, we try to we tr- we try. Yeah, that's for absolutely. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I I told Matt uh, before we started doing this, it's all about replay value. You know, like yeah. I like talking about wrestling, um, but. If we can talk about stuff that's wrestling or wrestling related and it means the same thing, you know, 15 days from now than that it did originally when we had it recorded it, then great. Like, I think, I think, uh, maybe I'm, I'm in the minority here, but, uh, you know, definitely it's nice to go back and listen to old episodes of different podcasts and just um, not only hear them all over again, but like hear some of the interesting shit people have to say. Because uh, at at the at the end of the day, wh- whether we're talking about wrestling or not, this is just us having a conversation. Yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely for sure. Um, I felt that way going back and and uh, editing that episode, episode ninety. I was like, wow, this is really late. I mean, I'm talking about. And we're talking about an event that has already at this point happened. Yeah, <laughs> and we're we're running down the line. But you know what? For one, I you know if you listen to that, just remember, you know I'm also trying to sell you a product in that sense of twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash njpw because 
ladies and gentlemen, that's what we're, we're going to talk about Wrestle Kingdom here in, in a bit. Um, do yourself a favor and and get yourself a 30-day free subscription and check out Wrestle Kingdom both nights. Yeah, there's there's definitely plenty of, of you out there, not just uh, as, as a part of our uh listening base but other other podcasts as well that have mm. have done that uh i know kevin kelly i think it was on the first night of russell kingdom had uh taken the time to say thank you to the um tens upon thousands of new subscribers that they had and it's like yeah why, why wouldn't you yeah you know i mean this is this is one of the the biggest shows of the year for a reason but uh we're, we're gonna get we're gonna jump ahead of ourselves a little bit there um before we do that, 2019 was come and gone. No matter how it was for us on our personal lives, make no mistake, 2019 was a great year for professional wrestling. And uh, I just briefly want to talk about 2019 in a nutshell. What 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 was 2019 for you? What was what was some of your standout moments? What is what is what did you take away from the sport of professional wrestling? At the end of the calendar year. Well, you know, we <laughs> we came into 2019 talking about Russell Kingdom 13, and we we had both said those were some of the matches that would more than likely be on our our best of 2019. Yeah, and I'm telling you right now, that's exactly what happened. At least <laughs> on my end. Yeah. Um, but you overall 2019 a great year for professional wrestling even with um you know the the stagnant stalwart that is WWE these days um you still had quite a bit of important shit happen you had AEW um actually be you know come to fruition the birth of a new company yeah and and you know that's something that you just don't get to see all that often especially at, at this level as we see tai chi take his tights off that's something that you can see yeah all the time if you, <laughs> you get yourself a subscription again 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash njpw and you can see Tai Chi take his pants off. Yeah, I, I realized uh, 2019 overall, it's it's one of those years, it's, everything gets put into perspective. You know, you have, uh, you have a company like AEW to a, a larger mainstream audience who are, you know, all-encompassing, all-including. You know, they want everybody to be a part of it. And you could see almost like divisional lines happen. With fan bases, where whether it be a uh, sometimes a gender issue, sometimes uh, just a, an issue of ignorance or a generational gap that got in the way of, of enjoying just great professional wrestling, and um, you know, <laughs> I I hate to say this, but you know, this is just a a reminder. I don't even want to say friendly reminder. This is just a reminder that no matter how much professional wrestling changes, it's always going to be misogynistic to a point. You know, it's always going to be ignorant to a point. Professional wrestling when done correctly is the ultimate variety show. And guess what? Not everybody agrees with every variety on every show. 
that's just the way it is. It's sure. always been that way. It's nothing new. But it was really interesting to see all of that come together for different companies, for different uh, professional wrestlers, uh, you name it. Uh, the whole intergender intergender uh, situation that, that has been developing over the, the past year, um, especially with places like Impact and um, you know bringing that to the forefront, to the mainstream. And, and you just... So many companies out there, it's hard to keep up with. But whatever I did have a chance to, to digest and, and accumulate over the year, I jumped at the chance. Even if it was, you know, a match off of a card instead of the entire card. So that's that's what 2019 was for me. It, it, it really was like, almost like having my cake and eating it too. <laughs> it was 2019 it, it was like watching it was like finally seeing like your child grow up you know we we, we it was ever since the beginning of this podcast we kept talking about the changes coming the changes coming whether you were ready for it or not it was coming and in 2019 it was here it was it was clearly here uh you know the the we talked about it with uh, with All In and what those guys can bring to the table. They brought it to the table by way of a brand new company that really took over the wrestling world. Whether it was brought in, I'm not saying it, you know, I don't want any fucking debate on AEW WWE. It took over in a way that a, a startup company usually wouldn't take over in, in really any, any uh, industry. And uh, you know it it did that it now you know and it go, went into 2020 with such a you know a, a steam full of, of of momentum that the sky is the limit for them you know and you took the words right out of my mouth too with you know the intergender situation and just like for the fans it was also that realization that like there's whether you know the ultimate variety show per a wrestling show, but it's ultimate variety because we have all this at our fingertips and it's becoming easier and easier to obtain all yeah. of this now. Um, you go back just a couple of years ago, it wasn't, that wasn't necessarily the case. No. You know I mean? It, it's, it's crazy. Just really, really think about that. And, you know, I, I, I have to give praise to WWE for being a part of that. Yes, there is a very they do have a very stagnant and boring product, but I can't discredit them for being innovative and bringing material, if nothing else, to you. I just wish it was better material, better content. Right. But I mean, they are doing a lot. You know, you have wrestling from WWE alone four days out of the week. Yeah. On a non pay per view week at that. You know, so I mean, that's that's crazy impressive. Um, it was just everything that we talked about was finally happening. That was year one, basically, of the change finally happening. And, and twenty twenty is going to see how that how that train goes because you had the brand new company in AEW, right? Not only that, but we saw the revival of a company that was basically dead the year prior yeah and and the nwa and 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 they came up they came back 
And yeah, they're doing a little studio show in Atlanta, Georgia. But that's got a lot of steam going too. Impact Wrestling, or you know, with the, with with the with the, the landing the the brand new television deal and having more backing from other companies, potentially even a New Japan. From what I'm hearing right now, being on the forefront of intergender uh, intergender wrestling and potentially going into twenty going into 2020 at the end of 2019 teasing the potential of having a first ever woman woman being a world champion i i mean my god it was just it was change at the change at the change but it was a change that we saw coming and and most wrestling fans not just joe and myself we're not you know some crazy gurus here it was change that most wrestling fans could see coming it was just a matter of like now it's here and that's what 2019 when i when i when I saw it leave, I saw all of that in the background, and the future is so bright for this industry. Whether you're a WWE mark or an AW mark, or you're an all-around wrestling fan, there's something for everybody, and it is it is extremely, extremely exciting. Um, I guess real quick here, you got a favorite match? Or matches? I'm not gonna make you pick the one if you don't if you don't if you can't. But uh, you got a couple matches that stand out to you. I do have one favorite match. Okay. But I have a list of like there's a fucking plethora. It's been a great year. Oh yeah, it absolutely um, has. My favorite, absolutely favorite, was uh, Best of the Super Juniors for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Will Osprey versus Shingo Takagi. That match. Tore the fucking house down, and and why it's my favorite match? One simple reason: that was the first time those two ever stepped in the ring with one another. Yeah, you would never would have guessed that by the performance they put on. It was completely phenomenal. How that match didn't get uh, a higher <laughs> rating in uh, uh, from from Dave Meltzer. Uh, I'll never fucking know. I don't know why we're bringing that guy up. Uh, I bring. I normally don't. Yeah, but, I know. You. So he gave it. He gave it five and three quarter stars, right? Which is way above his his five star perfection mark, right? Okay. Um, for the year twenty nineteen, it is one of three five and three quarter star matches that mm-hmm. that he rated. Okay, so it's in the top three out of the entire year, but. It was so much more than that. Mm-hmm. You, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think you have these two guys, never been in the ring with one another, and they go into it, and all of a sudden, like this magic happens. I never, I never would have guessed in in my wildest dreams that that was their initial meeting. Um. It, it was like two it was like watching two guys who had wrestled each other day and night for years mm-hmm. it was it was fucking crazy and you know talk about highlights like literally anything after like the 20 minute mark was it was a just a highlight reel move after move after move after move you're like holy shit um I'm always excited at Best of the Super Juniors. It's yeah. one of my favorite events for New Japan every year. But 
that match completely took the cake. And you and I, you know, I, I don't know about everybody else out there in the podcasting world, but you and I were so excited the moment we knew Shingo was coming to New Japan. We knew what we were getting, and he has mm-hmm. he has not failed to deliver. You get to see him, finally. <laughs> I was like, God damn. <laughs> um, it, I'm, I, I didn't even bother looking at Dave Meltzer shit, but... Um, I'm looking at it now, and I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm by myself here, and I'm not saying this is my, my favorite match of the year, but uh, it certainly should have got a lot higher than what it did, whatever it got. I, I don't see it. But uh, night one of the Super Junior, best of Super Juniors tournament between Takagi and, and Sho. Yeah. I, I, I remember that match. and just Again, I'm a big story guy. Yeah. I, I, I love story-driven matches. And this was story-driven match get mixed in with just a good fucking wrestling match all together. And just that need by show to beat Takagi and, and, and conquer that. And it comes so close, but yet still fail. It set the tone for the rest of, the, of that tournament for me. Was uh, to see that uphill battle. Can, can he overcome this? Or is it all his loss? Because the match that he had to win was the first match that he, he wrestled in, and he lost it. But, I mean, but above all that, erasing all that story, you, what you had was this amazing, amazing David versus Goliath-esque match that just, for me, stole the show, for night one at least. Um, though I will agree, Takagi and Osprey was was a better match uh, in that sense. But, um, man, there was, there was so many... Uh, one that kind of gets lost in translation was uh, Walter versus Tyler Bate from earlier this year. Oh man! Um, that I, I think it was was that uh, which one was that Cardiff? Yeah, I believe that was yeah, Cardiff. Yeah, Cardiff NXT to take over Cardiff. Uh, that match was 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 fucking amazing. Um, Just the 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 amount of like the I, I that one power bomb uh, that Tyler Bate took. Yeah. Um, it was on the outside of the ring. It was it was literally into the ring post. Uh, Walter threw him, mm-hmm. and it was just like he threw him like a fucking rag doll. And yeah. you know that was that was like I want to say that was probably midway through the match. You know they had been pretty hard on each other, and you just you you see those guys go at it, and you're like, damn. Even after all this, how can you still? Like lift his ass up and do that to somebody, right? And make it look so easy, but Jesus, and it it was again phenomenal fucking match. I, I can't. They tore that. They tore the fucking house down. Yeah, and, you know they got such high praise for it from from Triple H immediately afterwards. Like he was so proud of them for doing it. And you know, you and I, we've seen those guys before, mm-hmm. and 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 what they're what they can do, and um. I don't. I don't think to either of us it was much of a, a shock, but yeah. it was still such a great fucking match. I, I mean, again, for for those who don't know Walter, I, I implore you to go back to 2018 over the top wrestling his match against Will Osprey. Holy shit! Yeah. I mean, that might be up there for like match of the decade. How good that match was. Uh, for me, my favorite match of, of 2019 is actually a WWE match. What it, it, it is? It, it's I I was I was a huge fan of what Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano did. It was good, yeah. Uh, it and was that good two match. and that two out of three falls match. I just thought the way that they they they, they implemented 
again, big story, big story guy. The way they implemented that story, that uphill battle. And then on top of all that, I'm going to give everybody credit here. The fucking call by Mauro Ronaldo was just perfection. So they pay that guy. He's the lead announcer for NXT. Mm-hmm. There's no mistaking about it, okay? Absolutely. His colleagues agree, right? Mm-hmm. So you have someone like uh, uh, Shithead Corey Graves. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I'm, had, I'm really, thank you. Having to say some shit sideways out of his mouth about mm-hmm. Marvin Ronaldo, right? Here's the thing. You don't hear Beth Phoenix talk bad about Marvin Ronaldo. You don't hear Nigel McGuinness talk bad about Marvin Ronaldo. So where the fuck does Corey Graves get off yeah. talking bad about Mauro Ronaldo? You don't even comment with him. You're not even on the same commentary team. Yeah. You have your own fucking gig to worry about. How about you do that? <laughs> get be- get better at that. Yeah. <laughs> Let Mauro do his thing. I fucking love Mauro Mar- Ronaldo. He's one of the reasons uh, that you get into NXT so much. And it would be different. It would be a completely different story. If either Beth Phoenix and or Nigel McGuinness had some shit to say about his performance or, or like the you know him um, supposedly hogging hogging all of the commentary or what what have you whatever Corey Graves was saying, but it's not like that. Not one peep out of those two. Not one bad peep. Yeah. Out of those two. And I, I think that speaks volumes. And, and you know. A, I'm I'm so glad he you know he took time away and addressed uh, you know got himself correct and, and came back yeah. and and was a part of NXT again. Um, he's he's part of what makes that much how I love Kevin Kelly and his English commentary for mm-hmm. New Japan. I think it lends a lot to uh, to what the event has to offer, and you can't. You can't sit there and say that about every fucking commentator for every fucking company. But when it happens and it happens yeah. correctly, or it, it definitely lends to the experience. So WWE's really gotta they gotta they gotta handle this this Corey Graves situation. I, I know a lot of it right now, after that, he, he went mega fucking heel. I mean he called out fucking Taz some shit too about um I don't forget what the situation was, but like he, and a lot of it is to gain heat for his stupid little fucking podcast that he was given. Um, which, by the way, the whole fucking thing is kayfabe. You're not going to learn anything new, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm I'm not one to ever preach. Don't listen to anybody else's podcast. Listen to all. Please support podcasts. But th- that's fucking. That's that's a fucking bullshit. It's like watching fucking Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. It's as it's as legit as that. I mean, <laughs> plain and simple. Um, but uh. With the, with the with the Corey Gray situation, I, a lot a lot of it is just it's just him trying to fucking get heat and all that stuff. But you got to be really fucking careful because Mauro Ronaldo is a guy that is has been very open about his bipolar. Yeah, and he does not, nor should he, does not take that very lightly. And um, you know, by by him missing Survivor Series, that should have been your first like clue, right? Hey. Even though they've already had issues already with him before, dealing with bullshit with the JBL situation previously, we okay. You 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 gave him you gave him the night off. You gave him the week off because he didn't do NXT that week either. Somebody needs to fucking tell Corey Graves. You want to do this fucking mega heel shit online and, and start attacking everybody? 
there's certain people you need to leave out of it because if you lose Mauro Ronaldo, that's I'm not saying NXT is going to come to an end or anything, but that's going to be a huge loss. Because Absolutely. He, he he adds so much, so much. I mean, you can still have your entree, but you're missing the seasoning without yeah. Mauro Ronaldo. <laughs> and and I mean, people can make fun of him, and you know sometimes he says some goofy, you know stuff about pop culture and stuff like that and he could be a little corny at times that's fine but when it comes down to it he's what everybody loved Jim Ross why they love Jim Ross yeah that passion the way they, and not only that but he knows his shit better than anybody else in that company he knows more about wrestling than most of the fucking wrestlers do yeah I, I mean he's just he, he's a fucking mega nerd yeah that's what he is and I, I don't say that as an insult and, and there's a reason why Marwanalo does other stuff outside of pro wrestling. You know, he does a lot of combat sports. He did the big fucking Mayweather and uh, McGregor match. Yeah. I, you know, whether I, I care for that thing or not, it was a big fucking deal. He got the call for a fucking reason. There's. Corey Graves. Corey Graves does not belong at the same fucking table as Marwanalo, let alone being fucking one. Pointing a finger saying he talks too much. Says Corey Graves, who spent a good chunk of 2018 fucking bitch-fitting with fucking Renee Young on the Raw announce team. Well, and, and, you know, again, he he can't sit there and say that Morrow talks too much because that's exactly what he does. And and if you go back and watch just about any edition of Monday Night Raw, (laughs) you'll hear Renee Phoenix try Mm -hmm. to commentate. But what happens? She gets shut up by... Corey Graves. Oh, same thing with Byron By- Byron Saxon. Yep. I mean, I get you're the heel commentator, but like you, you gotta let people talk. And not only that, Marlon Allen's the fucking play by play guy. It's his job. Yeah. To talk more than everybody else. The other guys are analysts. Yeah. They analyze what fucking Marlon Allen is saying. That's, that's how this works. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Adam Cole and fucking and, and Johnny, Johnny Gargano. Gargano for me. But, uh, I mean, there were, there's, there's so many. We can't even go through all of them. Um, favorite wrestler for me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, do two right now, and then I'll let, you t- I'll let you go. Favorite wrestler for me, I think, wrestler of the year, hands down, I said earlier on this podcast in the previous episode, it's Will Ospreay. I don't think anyone's been hotter than him all year. Um, and, and it was such a, a weird, a weird organic... Um, process that got him there mm-hmm. uh, and, and believe it or not folks it took the likes of like Chris Jericho yeah and and, uh, and, and other people uh, in the in the business to tell him like hey you're a great fucking wrestler but if you don't stop and slow your fucking roll sometimes you're gonna you're gonna cut your career short you don't need to do all that you can still accomplish this this and this and be one of the greats without having to kill yourself in the process. And I, I think that was part of it. And then just him him taking it and almost uh, almost like pouting about it at, at some point. <laughs> because after that, he's like, oh, you want a different Will Ospreay? I'll fucking give you a different Will Ospreay. One, mm-hmm. I'm going to go after people bigger than me. A whole di- oh, I'm going to challenge the entire fucking weight class. How about that? Yeah. And then... Guess what? You don't want me to high fly? I'm going to fucking bulk up, add like 20 pounds of muscle, and then I'm going to concuss Kota Ibushi 
by fucking clotheslining him in the back of the head. <laughs> that, that right there, I think that was one moment that cemented it for Will Ospreay. And you're right, he is probably the hottest professional wrestler this entire 2019. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy to think. <laughs> Maybe Chris Jericho got a Christmas card from him or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, then, and then for me, the I always love you know the moments. Because for me, the, the show of the year is still going to be Wrestle Kingdom. Um, but the the moment, the moment that defined, well, now I'm going to say define, that's not a good word, but the biggest, the best moment of the year for me is one of the most diabolical things that I've ever seen happen in professional wrestling in a long time. And it's fitting because it happened with the faction everyone thought was dead going into 2019. This faction is going to die because the elite are gone. Well, it didn't die. As a matter of fact, it got even stronger. And it got stronger when they added a certain individual by the name of Kenta. And what he did <laughs> that night when he joined the Bullet Club and the attack on Shibata was the most evil thing that I have seen all year, hands down. Yeah, oh but yeah. it has been a long time since I've seen something that was that shocking. I man, my I'm thinking about it now. Like I'm I'm getting chills and Jesus, my jaw drops all over again. Just wow, I could not. <laughs> I I never I never would have guessed in a million years that was going to happen. Unbelievable. Yeah, this is an unbelievable moment. Uh, I mean, and then you you know he 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 does that. He beats up the you know the, the man who got the reason why he was in professional wrestling. The man who brought him to New Japan, you know, his his biggest ally, and then to just do his own pose on top of his beaten body and just the ultimate sign of disrespect. I mean, that right there, that that represents everything that the Bullet Club ever stood for. There are no fucking fucks given. That's just how it goes. That's rule number one. And uh, they, they proved that. So for, for everyone that said Bullet Club is dead... You can trade in your fucking uh, Bullet Club shirts anytime now. Because yeah. <laughs> this ain't the fucking NWO, my friend. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a, you know, people people had compared that moment to Hogan joining the NWO in, in that particular incident. Mm-hmm. And it's up there. It, it, I think, to be honest with you, because of, because of where it took place in the culture there in Japan... I think it had a much more sense of disdain, if you can believe that or not. Yeah. Um, then it would have played out if it happened in America with American wrestlers. So I, I think, for all intent and purposes, Kenta joining Bullet Club was way more heel than Hogan mm-hmm. uh, joining the NWO. It's just, <laughs> it's just one of those things, man. You just, you you, you think you 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 you've seen it all, yeah. And uh, you know, apparently we we still haven't seen it all. But, Spe- uh, speaking of uh, thinking, you have seen it all. There's there's one more I have to mention, and it was like this. This was was basically like 
my other favorite match of the year. Um, Marty Skrull versus Nick Aldis. Yes, yes. At the... Crockett Cup. At the NWA Crockett mm-hmm. Cup. Um, you want to talk about story matches. You want to talk about everything good about professional wrestling. It had all of it. It had, it had like, the ultimate false finishes. It had the nostalgia. It had actual pro wrestling. It had drama. It, it, it was everything. It was, if I was giving away stars, and I'm not, um, I think that score is higher for me than Osprey and Shingo. Okay. Wow. But, but these guys wrestled like they knew each other because they have known each other for so long, you know? And that, to me, that's what set apart um, me favoring the Shingo Osprey match. So, okay. But by no means uh, did the, the, the All This and Skrull match lag anyway. Like, I, dude, mm-hmm. for me, that's up there with match of the decade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was that good, man. I mean, there's. Got, you know, like I said, there's there's so much, and some people are going to be like, "Oh, we forgot about this, we forgot about that." Look, guys, you got. You, I mean, this is where you guys chime in and tell us what your favorite. Absolutely, was. like I mean, I I have I I sat here and did a list of like ten to twenty matches. And yeah, like we're not going to get to them. All. Yeah, there's I mean, just no fucking way. I, I'll throw one out there, and again, it it wasn't necessarily the best pro wrestling match, but again, story driven match. We can't forget about Cody versus Dustin at Double or Nothing. Yeah. I mean, those guys Le- stole the fucking show. Oh, man. man. And then, and not only that, but how many grown men cried that night? Dude, I fucking cried, hands. man. <laughs> I cried. It was, it was a beautiful moment. It, it was a great how, how wrestling could match. You, how could you not uh, let it affect you that way when you heard the sincerity in that man's voice? Oh, yeah. It was like holy shit. Yeah, it was an incredible moment that 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 topped a great match. You know, we're seeing Hiromu Takahashi, his return. Yeah. For, for for a lot of people, it should have been a moment of the year because he's back. He's back wrestling. You know, he ends up wrestling in 2019, late in December. But more importantly, we we got the announcement in November that he was coming back. And, uh, you know, just the fact that he's able to wrestle again, let alone, I mean, walk again, let alone wrestle, is, is just an amazing thing. So there's there's so many out there, so many that, that, that have taken place. I mean, like I said, 2019, what, no matter how, what, how it was for us personally, and, you know, it was a hectic year for sure, we can always rely on pro wrestling. And that's what I love about this business because whether it was 2019 or any other year, you know, it was something that I've always been able to rely on. And and 2019 did not disappoint in that sense. It was just another great year of tons, tons of action. And uh, it, it, it's a great segue to what 2020 will be. Absolutely. Real quick, I have to mention NXT's War Games, the women's match. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. I might. Oh, my God. That, that turn, that heel turn, one of the top all year for me. Absolutely, she's that got was, she's got some big big shoes to fill now. She, she, she does, yeah, man. She but, does. Hope, hopefully, they book it right and they script it right. Because goddamn, like I was, 
I was on the edge of my seat. Me and my daughter watched it, and we were just like yelling at the fucking TV <laughs> the whole night. It was great. Those moments, man. Those those are things that like you just you just don't forget, you know. So it's just it's just great, man. It's just it's just really really fucking great. I'm glad that we could uh, share those memories, you know, even although briefly, because we could do a whole series of best of 2019, but we just don't have that time because we have to segue now to the year that is now 2020. Yes. And you can stop me if you got anything more that you want to add, of course. But if you don't, then uh, let's let's talk the first major event of 2020. It's 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 here. It's 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 come and gone. It's in the books. It is Wrestle Kingdom. And uh, before we go any further, I I do have the both TVs going. I, I I personally, Joe has seen it, but I personally have not seen night two of Wrestle Kingdom, though I do know the results. I did see night one. Uh, phenomenal show, as expected. That So that's on the, 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 the first TV. The second TV, I do have the January 6th edition of Monday Night Raw, which I'm watching a pretty decent match between Andrade and, and Rey Mysterio, I believe, for the U.S. belt. Yeah, it is for the title. Okay, so... Uh, those guys are putting on a pretty decent match, uh, but uh, yeah. So that's what's, that's what's going on. We've got the, we failed to mention what uh, what we have on the background. But anyways, going back to Wrestle Kingdom, January fourth, January fifth, Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. First time in Wrestle Kingdom history that is a two night event. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, this this January fourth show because that's the original. That's that's the main day. Uh, has been going on since 1992, and it's tons of, of great events. That uh, if you get yourself a, a subscription to New Japan Pro Wrestling World, uh, I implore you to binge every single year <laughs> all the way from '92 because uh, they have full cards for Asian yeah, World. Yeah. You might not be able to understand the commentary, but that it doesn't matter. It, it's great wrestling. But um, let's start with night one. Night one. Let's skip. Let's skip the the first matches, okay? Because that that's that deserves more time. Um, in a nutshell, for night one, what uh, what's your takeaway? Amazing, absolutely amazing. Again, you want. I I, I am also a big story guy. Yes, and, and I was trying to explain uh, this to my wife because um, you know she's. Bless her heart. She's tried to get into pro wrestling for for my sake. <laughs> she wants, you know, she realizes that it is uh, definitely a passion of mine, and she wants to be involved, but she just she just can't get into it. Sure. And I I, I tried to explain this to her about Wrestle Kingdom because it is such a prime example of everything I love about professional wrestling, and I told her this: professional wrestling should always be. When it when it's at its best, it should always be a series of small events that lead to one big event. And when you add story to that, if you do it right, it pays off tremendously. You are affected so much when it's done the right way. If they if all the cards are set in a specific manner, and they, you know, all the dominoes and all the dominoes get knocked down in succession like they're supposed to. You feel whatever emotion they want you to feel. 
And I love that. I love that about pro wrestling. And Russell Kingdom always seems to be that perfect storm. But you, you you have to go back. You have to go back an entire year because it starts on New Year's Dash. Yeah. Every year it starts on New Year's Dash. The seeds for the following year start there. That's where the first, uh, you know, grudge matches take place. That's where the first rivalries take place for the year. All that gets set up, the announcement of future events, mm-hmm. it all starts there. And you... You... Again, when done right, you don't have any choice but to follow them throughout the entire year to see just exactly how this story is going to end. So for Russell Kingdom 14, what we're talking about now here in 2020, you had that. You had uh, in 2019, you had uh, my favorite wrestler, Jushin Thunder Liger planting the seed for you. Hey, come Russell Kingdom 14, I'm calling it quits. Boom, right there, right off the bat. You have an entire year to enjoy Jushin Thunder Liger one more time. Yeah. And then after that, he's done. You had Kenta join the Bullet Club and Although it was only halfway through the year, but the six months that he's been there, he's created fucking havoc. <laughs> uh, he he is the equi- equivalent of a t- of an atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. You had the resurgence of uh, Hiromu Takahashi coming back from being um, out of action almost, for so long, almost paralyzed, almost the year paralyzed. Before. It is nothing short of miraculous that he's back in the ring. Um, you had all those stories that carried all that momentum going forward and culminating here at Russell Kingdom 14. And you, you, I tried to explain that to her. Like, you wait for that payoff. It It is the best book you'll ever read, mm-hmm. if done correctly. Yes. You know? And I think she finally gets it. I think she finally gets it, especially after uh, I've cried my eyes out three different times <laughs> over the past weekend. Right. But it, it night one was, was fucking phenomenal. I mean, you know, Liger, Liger aside, it, 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 it's much more, there's much more to it than that for me. Um, just you know, going into like a historic situation where we're we're watching the the final procession of events happening to lead into night two, where we're going to witness for the first time ever mm-hmm. in their forty going on forty eight years forty eight year history that we're going to see the first ever double champion double champions, mm-hmm. and you know again. Adding another couple layers to this, Tetsuya Naito, his his hero's journey to get to that title again, and and what it means, you know that that story in and of itself is a multi-year story. It just wasn't about 2019. 2019 was like his his comeback for for wanting to to be a part of that championship picture, but. 
the story with him in that belt and, and why it was so important for what happened this year goes back years. You can't, you can't, you, you merely can't sit there and uh, take any of that lightly. There's no way. Once you realize the story that's going on, you can't help but want to go back and experience what he's he's gone mm-hmm. through to get there. Even if it's cliff notes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was it was brilliant. Night one was fucking brilliant. I mean Tetsuya Naito to, to piggyback off of that, you know, this is a guy that has contemplated his career. Yeah. Every, you know, you know. <laughs> can he win the big one? You know, let, let, let's go they did this with Kenny Omega, right? You know, can he beat Okada? He couldn't beat Okada. Until he finally did. You know, he, he lost to Okada. He went 60 minutes with Okada. But you can never beat the man. Yeah. For that title. Until he finally did. The hero's journey comes to an end. How do you top that? Well, while they were doing the Kenny Omega thing, they started the, the, the Naito thing years prior. Yeah. And, you know, Naito, again, Naito had the title. Walked into Wrestle Kingdom. Was not the main event, by the way, that year. Right. Tanahashi was the main event. Loses to Okada. Loses the the, the, the IWGP heavyweight title. And then goes on to win the Intercontinental title. And he wins it, and it's supposed to be this big ceremony. And he takes that title and he throws it in the fucking air. (laughs) (laughs) Which was brilliant. And what was one of the best Intercontinental Championship reigns I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Any any champion reign I've ever seen. But just not giving a shit about this title. (laughs) And, you know, what was... Yes, it's very comedic, but it's also very um, important to the story. Because it's basically him being a bridesmaid. In, in a sense, if you put it in that in yeah. that sense, because he's won the Intercontinental title multiple times since then, but every time that he's had an opportunity to win that title, he's he's falls short. Yeah, Wrestle Kingdom 2018, him versus Okada again. He's challenging Okada, comes short again. G1 Climax that year, about to win it, and you know he's he's about to go to the finals at least. And then fucking Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> breaks everybody's heart. And, and you know the the, the 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 to realize how important that was for for that for that company, you had people in tears, the audience in tears. Yeah. Because Naito lost. Naito wasn't supposed to lose that match, but he lost. I and and then you're like, okay, well, how is he going to get in that title picture? He doesn't because in comes Chris Jericho. It puts you know puts a wedge between everything, and now he has that angle, and he wins the Intercontinental Championship again from Chris Jericho, and guess what? He's a fucking bridesmaid again. Yeah. He's just he's the number two guy. He's always the number two guy, and it's driving him fucking mad. It's driving him crazy. He doesn't want it anymore. He doesn't want to be the number two guy. And then you bring him into this this show. He's got he's got Jay White, a guy that's been a thorn in his side, thorn, thorn in his side all 2019. He's got his belt, and unfortunately for Naito, he's got to win the Intercontinental Title again <laughs> in order to get a shot at the heavyweight title, and he does it. And 
on a night two we go. Yeah. You know, do they finish that story? And you're left, you're left wondering. All of this, are they going to write it any any other way? Because they can, they can. We've seen it in wrestling before. Oh yeah. <laughs> you think you think oh this is the hero's journey and it ends up no it's not. What are they going to do? I, I, is is Okada going to do it again? Is Okada going to be the first double champion? And 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 how does the wrestling world take that? How does how does the fan base take that? Or is it finally is the Odyssey finally over for Naito? Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever read the Odyssey, that's a story that takes place over years and years and years. Sometimes stories take a long time. Sometimes, like a good Stephen King book. Where you just have to put it in a drawer and come back to it later. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's bad. Doesn't mean it's garbage. It just it, it's not fresh anymore. And you go back to it, and Naito, you know, Naito still wants that title, but you know now he's got to deal with Chris Jericho. Now he's got to deal with problems with an Lij. Now he's got to this and that, and then now finally it's here, and he could focus on that. I defy you to name any wrestling company out there today. That has the patience and the talent to write that kind of story arc. Yeah, no, no one else is doing Just that. Just doesn't have it. No, not not by a long shot. The Kofi Kingston WrestleMania victory and taking eleven years would have been better for me if you would have teased it. If you would have, if you would have made him an actual legit contender a long time ago. If they would have wrote it that way. Yeah. Instead because, of just coming out of nowhere. It, well, because his hero's journey was never a hero's journey. Yeah. It was just fact. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah. It was, it was just being li- overlooked. It, it was just yeah. literally him being screwed time and time again. Whereas this was an actual written story. Mm-hmm. This was booked this way. Right. Kofi's wasn't. I'm not taking anything away from Kofi winning the title. But I, you're right. I think it would have made more, more sense. It, you would have been drawn more to it. If it was booked that way, mm-hmm. because you would have you would have been playing to the audience, you would have been playing to any viewer who came in range of your your product. You know, you want compelling television? That's fucking compelling television. Yeah, give me that. I mean, they still would have fucked it up though in October with the Lesnar <laughs> situation. I mean, you couldn't have given a man like thirty seconds. That'd be ten, anyways. But. um yeah, it, night night one to see to see uh, to see Takahashi back. By the way, Takahashi Will Osprey, I'm gonna throw it out there right now. That's that's gonna be a fucking tough match to beat this year. Yeah, holy yeah, you know, fuck! You, you got to watch it before <laughs> I did, and you you just texted me exactly that, like Osprey Takahashi. Holy fuck! And I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> boy, do I have my my viewing work cut out for me, you know, and. Uh, I, I sat there and I, I told uh, I told my kid I'm like oh you know I'm I'm gonna watch the show without you she's like that's fine uh, I said but Uncle Matt already told me that that match is like the shit you know mm. she's like well you know have at it you know I'm not gonna be around have at it and I did and I you, believe me you you did not disappoint you they didn't disappoint it was uh, it was fucking crazy and again. You, it's, it's, it's that story, you know, does this same type of match happen, Mm. this caliber, if Takahashi doesn't go through 
an almost career-ending injury? Yeah. Does it happen the same way if Will Ospreay doesn't get told to calm the fuck down and yeah. change his ways? It's it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. That match is going to be up there mm-hmm. the entire year. They yeah. set the bar. <laughs> this is what's done already. Can you match it? Can you top it? Yeah. That, that was, it was absolutely insane. And... That was, again, that's erasing the story behind it. Again, it, it was, you know, I, I was explaining it. I was explaining it to uh, um, to my girlfriend about, about that. And, and, you know, it's just like, fuck, dude. Uh, like, she's watching. She's, she, she, her, 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 her mind's just blown. And then it's just like, on top of all that, I'm telling her the story. And it's just like, you know, she this is her first time seeing... Will Ospreay and, and Takahashi, for that matter. Okay. And, so, you know, apparently Will Ospreay's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I like, oh, he, he does things that nobody else can, you know. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah. There's a reason. He's, he's up there, best wrestler of the year. But, like, this, they were just giving, I mean, just the false finishes. And I was like, and I, and I, wanted, and I pointed that out. I was like, because I had to describe what a false finish was. And I was like. There's not any other company in the world because people roll their eyes like, "Oh, finishers don't mean anything when everyone kicks out." But yes and no to that statement. New Japan has always, always been at the forefront of making that work in ways that other companies may struggle sometimes. I mean, there's a difference between overkill, kicking out of you know, let's say three Superman punches or whatever it is. To you know, Will Osprey. Will Osprey has tons of fucking finishers. Sure, yeah. moves that could be finishers to begin with. So it was just it was just that back and forth. They make it believable. They make it they make it believable. And if you if you pay attention, um, if you pay attention, they they do things too that will make it believable as well. For example. There was plenty of times where I pointed out, like, oh, but he doesn't have a leg hook. He doesn't have any legs hook. Those things don't go unnoticed by, like, the the trained wrestling fan. He doesn't have a leg hook. There's a good chance he's going to kick out. And that's their way of making it believable, too. You know, I mean, if you got a deep pin in, I mean, yeah, he maybe maybe you know, maybe he's got that, that really small chance of kicking out. But if you got that really deep pin in, that's when you know, like, it's probably over, mm-hmm. you know. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to those, to those, those subtle things. And New Japan has a way of making sure that that doesn't go away, that doesn't go unnoticed. And that's why they, again, they they can do false finishes. They can do false finishes every single match and get away with it. Not that they do, but they're one of the few companies that can. Yeah. That's why the lariat still works. The fucking clothesline. A clothesline is, you know, the former world champion's finishing move. Is a is a is a clothesline. clothesline. Yeah, that's all it is. But that's a whole nother argument for another time because it, eventually <laughs> it's going to lead to a fucking super kick argument. Yeah, and and trust me, that's a whole different podcast, a whole nother episode for this podcast. But um, yeah. Osprey isn't real. <laughs> Osprey, <is. laughs> he, he's not. There's, there's, uh, there's, there's no, there's no two, two bones about it, man. Night, night two, night two was everything, everything you w- would want to 
to end on. You know, to culminate to. It, it, they they did it so well. I, you know, before we started recording, I was telling you about uh, the match between Kota Ibushi and Jay White. Yes, yes. So, Kevin Kelly's calling along with um, Gino Gambino, Rocky Romero, and Chris Charlton. That's a good tandem, by the way. I, yeah. I really enjoy their commentary. And so, they're, you know, they're talking about it, and he tells everybody listening, like, you might not want to expect too much out of these two because both of these guys went 20 minutes plus the night before. <laughs> and lo and behold, it was like they heard him and they were like, well, fuck this. You're going to throw our match away? Guess what? We're going to go and just beat the ever-loving shit out of each other and we're going to make it that much more entertaining. And it ended up being one hell of a fucking match for two guys who were already battered and bruised from the night before. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they pulled it off. But it was a great fucking match. And you can sit there and tell me I'm a, a, I'm a New Japan marker or what have you. But I dare you. I dare you to go back and watch that match and not be entertained. Simple as that. Simple as that. Night, again, going back to night one real quick. I just got to point out... Um... Okay, every match was great. I'm I'm sorry, guys. Uh, the I'm not, I gotta go back and watch this, but the 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 Liger, the night two Liger match is is over. Um, but uh, you know, there's so many great parts. The 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 Moxley and and Archer match, although it was short, and I thought it was gonna it be. It was short, but fuck, man. But I tell you what, <laughs> if if uh, if you. If, if you ended that match like Lance Archer did, yeah, you wouldn't be getting that. You wouldn't get out of that. Yeah, There's yeah. No way. He was. He definitely was fucked up after that match. <laughs> um, but yeah, I you know the God Finjuice Salad Tag Team match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely definitely a good night. Again, I can't speak too much on what happened on night two, but I will say this: to go back to the night so topic. The the Odyssey was completed. Absolutely, bad knee and all. Did they make the right choice? I I, I don't even know the answer to this, but did they make the right choice? You and I have talked about this many a time before, <laughs> and yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, we we that's one thing we always said in our conversation about Naito and that title. When he does get it, it's going to mean that much more. Yeah, and they made sure of it. Whether whether you look at it as oh he's got two titles, which somebody is already calling him Naito two belts, <laughs> which I I'm sure there's got there, there's got to be a, a better um, a better name for him. I, I like the the king of the king of sports because shit that's what he is. But um, yeah, so Naito two belts there. Um, yeah. They, they, I'm sure. I'm sure if this match was for one title, the heavyweight title, and he still won, there just the way they book things and the way they make things happen, and the way they tell their stories, it still would have meant that much. But now he's a part of history. On top of it, yeah, you know. I mean, for the for the first time ever, for the first time that it's ever happened in New Japan Pro Wrestling history. If you go back to the to record books, you know Kazuchika Okada. He's he's the golden boy, he and, is. and I don't say that in a negative way because I love Okada, and I know you do too. Um, 
a lot of respect for what he does in that ring. So why not Okada? Why, I mean, if you go back to it, why why wouldn't they make it Okada the, the the guy? Why why wouldn't they find a way to make Okada the man or is Naito really well, deserving and, of and, that? And that brings up a, a, an even inter- more interesting question: is why why wouldn't they do that with the Ace? It's a good point. You know, he's yeah. he's the guy that brought them back from the dead and, mm-hmm. and and all that stuff. Like, why wouldn't they give him that accolade? Absolutely. You yeah, it's a good point. I forgot about this match. <laughs> I, this is actually one I don't know the results to. Oh, yeah. So okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm referring to the uh, the tag team match for, for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles. Shown Yo over Pungi 3K, who did not compete in night one, versus El Fantasmo and Taiji Shimori, who also did not compete in night one. So, mm-hmm. interesting. Interesting. Uh, real quick here, is this the, is this the final year of Pungi 3K? Does the show make that jump this year? I don't know. I don't know. Um, they seem to be not as, as um, active as a tag team as as well at least as I would like them to be yeah um I don't know it, it I tell you what if they're gonna part ways it better be under some great fucking terms man yeah they, they better end it on a, a super high note um you know they're obviously both of them are more than capable of becoming single wrestlers at this point yes but um it would be a shame. It'd be a shame to see another tag team go by the wayside. You know, if they break it up, you you, you don't you don't see like a heel turn of any kind or a little bit of Shawn Michaels Marginetti. Not that anybody, not neither of these guys are Marginetti, by the way. But... <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. Um, well, I don't know, man. I don't know because here you have New Japan again. They're highly capable in their booking. Yeah. They wouldn't have to resort to a heel turn, yeah, for for, right. it, to, for it to be potent, you yeah. know. So I don't know. We'll see. I I honestly don't know. I you know I, I think I can book New Japan, and then they always prove me wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say this: I, I did wear my uh, uh, my Cabron shirt, then my Naito shirt yesterday. Yeah. I woke up to the news. I saw it. I, I keep forgetting with these big events. Don't go on social media when a New Japan has a show. Um, I just I, I do that to myself. I'm not I'm not one of those guys that complain like don't post stuff like it's social media. That's what it's there for. Yeah, you just stay away from just it. Stay away from yeah. it. And I I it's my fault. But um, I got spoiled it. But and, and you know what I being the super fan I, I I am a Naito Mark and I don't have any problem admitting to that. Like it was just like. Even on my phone, I just like it was just jumping up and down, just like he did it. Like I'm just, yeah. I'm so happy that they made that move and they pulled the trigger on Naito because that man has. I, I get he's one of the most popular guys there, so it's not like it hasn't been unrecognized. But that man has been the number two guy for so long, and finally again he's on top of of, of the New Japan world. And to do something that nobody else has ever done, and he didn't even have a chance to enjoy it. So, <laughs> well, that well, let's talk about. It. Let's that leads that leads to my next point because we talked about that dashly son of a bitch last year <laughs> in Kenta, and it, it, 
for those that are not familiar with 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 the Bullet Club, this is what they do, and it, and I'll compare them to the legendary, the late great Rowdy Roddy Piper. He once said, "Just when you have all the answers, I change the questions." questions yeah. And <laughs> just when you thought there's there's nothing more dashly they can do, they do it. They find a way. And and you know what? You go back and you listen to the commentary. And the commentary team sets it up perfectly because every time a Bullet Club member loses a match or Bullet Club members lose a match, Kevin Kelly points it out. They're they're getting on Gino Gambino's ass. Look, your boy's lost again. <laughs> what's up with Bullet Club this year? This is a horrible fucking Russell Kingdom for them. Like, what's next? You know, yeah. what do they like what do they have left going for them? So Nido wins the title. Two t- you know, he, he becomes Nido Two Belts or, you know, King of the King of Sports, what have you. Yeah. He's not even in the ring celebrating for more than 30 seconds. And what happens? Kenta comes out and beats the ever-loving shit out of him. Sits on his chest with both belts like, ha-ha, motherfucker. And you're like, oh, my God. Just when you thought they were having a bad, uh, a bad uh, event, uh, here they come. Here they come back. And they make themselves... That much more relevant than they were. It's it's fucking crazy. That's what the Bullet Club was 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 bred off of. You yeah, know? it was it was just there there are no days off. There's nobody that's not. But you like, would ne- no. I never never would have guessed it was going to be Kenta. You know. Yeah. I I would have thought. I mean, shit. I mean, again, New Japan keeps you guessing. So for my money, I was going like way left field, like. One of the LIJ are going to come in and celebrate with them and mm-hmm. turn on. And then that didn't happen. Like Takagi or, uh, or yeah. Sonata, one you of the two. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, just think about it. Just put it in perspective. All, everything we talked about, right? So you have this odyssey that, that comes to an end. It's a great storybook ending. The end. The end. That's usually how this goes. He celebrates in the Tokyo Dome... You know, he gets he he does say his speech. He does talk about you know a little bit, and then you know that's that's it. It's, and on a high note, and instead, what you do was that you 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 you, you piss off forty thousand plus people because you ruined this amazing moment. And they were pissed. They were so pissed. They were telling. They were chanting in unison to go home. <laughs> what the fuck? And it was it, it was is beautiful because you know for any wrestling fan, I will tell you there ain't no such thing as bad heat. So if you got forty thousand plus telling you to go home in unison, my dude, <laughs> you are you are doing something right. And uh, it it was it was a beautiful beautiful fucking thing. Um, there was some I, I did have a few conversations. Was was this because some people say that this is what usually. New Year dashes for right these, yeah, these kind yeah, of turns. Yeah. I, I I have my my opinion. I think I know yours too. But for those out there that may disagree, why why is I should I'll just ask you like this: Why is Wrestle Kingdom in this sense the better choice to do this kind of move, the New Year Dash? Well, this is their WrestleMania for those who want to think of it that way. This is their big stage instead of doing it on Raw. Instead of doing it on Raw, and I think they'll have it too. Though think about it. People are expecting something. Yeah, again, You're they, expecting they something. keep you guessing, and they're good at it. And then, They're again, so fucking good at it. 
They, I mean, and they've, they've done this before too. They've done this movie with the Bullet Club. I mean, let's think of it. You know, the end of uh, the the I, one of the the U.S. shows with between Kenny Omega and Cody. Remember, remember that, and it's all over. And all of a sudden, God just turns on them. Yeah, the, the show was <laughs> over. They were showing the fucking little end credit on the bottom. Yeah, like it was over. And they're like, wait, I guess we're not over because <laughs> they're beating the shit out of them, and yeah. they they make waste of the entire elite. The same thing happens here. You think it's over? The show's over. They're you know now they're gonna pan away and you know get ready to do the backstage interviews and all that stuff and do a send off. Nope, here comes Kenta to, <laughs> to put a, to, to absolutely ruin the ceremonies. It, it, it's it yeah. I mean, as a fan of Naito and being a Naito mark, like I said, it yeah. I was like, man, like fuck, why Naito? But at the same time, as a wrestling fan. That angst that I got from it, that like, oh, fuck, why him? It was the exact reason why it should have happened. It was just good booking. Good yeah. booking all around. I say it's about time to take a, take a break, but before we do, because we're going to talk about something else after the break. I said we we're going to wait for, for this part after. Um, and we're going to talk about it right away. We're going to wait for it because it deserves a little more time. A lot, it deserves a lot more time. Obviously, Wrestle Kingdom, for those that pay attention to it, what we saw the end of a career. We saw the final matches, the final two matches of... There's not a word that can really describe him because Legendary doesn't quite fit it. No. Mm. I mean, and I, But I, for, for lack of a better term, the Legendary career of Juice and Thunder Liger... We got to see the final two matches of his career, and uh, he lost both matches. He got pinned both times, both nights. Yeah, um, I, nobody's keeping tracks of that. What just? I mean, just just for everyone listening, what uh, what did those matches mean to you? And just sum up your feelings of Liger and. In his thirty-six plus year career, I uh, so you know it's coming to an end. Yeah, you know, you know you only have a year left with him. Try to experience him as much as you can, which I did because yeah. I'm a huge <laughs> Liger fan. Um, and immediately night one, you know, he's part of a a multiple team or a multiple man tag match. It was eight man, eight man tag team eight match. Eight man yeah. tag team match. Uh, essentially, it was him and all all his friends in the ring. Tatsumi Fujinami came back, which is Ooh. what he wanted, you yeah. know. And um, and you know, you every 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 pin attempt, the match is almost over, and you you're listening to the commentary team, and they're feeling exactly what you're feeling, or what I'm feeling. <laughs> like I don't want it to end. Like holy shit, it almost ended. I don't want it to end. Yeah. <laughs> And then it finally ends, and I fucking lost it. I I cried. I cried, and, and I was watching it in my in uh, in my daughter's room where we have the bigger TV, mm-hmm. and I fucking lost it. I I broke down and I cried. Um, and that was the that was in front of my nephew, my little nephew. My little nephew was with me, and mm. um. He could just tell, like he he knows I love professional wrestling, and he just like wow, like he was that important to you. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Um. And then night two happens, and it 
it becomes that much more meaningful because now Hiromu Takahashi is junior heavyweight champ and although it was a tag team match like it just made the match that much more special and you know to for for him to come out and tell the guys like don't take it light on me i this isn't you know this isn't um You know, this this is although I'm retiring. This is like I'm not a re- like I I don't want to be thought of as a retiree. Right, right. You know, I I, I want you to go full force on me. Don't give me don't cut me any slack. Mm-hmm. Wrestle me like you would wrestle me normally, and they did. And again, he gets pinned, and I fucking lost it. I I it was it was way worse for me once you heard what Takahashi had to say to him. Um, he yelled at him. He yelled at him that he wasn't going to let his legacy die. And he left him on his back in the middle of the ring. And he he rolled out of the ring and he walked away. And he fucking started crying. And then Ryu Lee, who you guys might know as Dragon Lee, mm. uh, came back in the ring and he grabbed a mask that he had came to the ring with, which was like a custom Liger mask that he had made for himself in honor of the occasion. And not only did he present it to Liger, he also fell to his knees and just stayed there on the mat thanking him. And you don't get to see that. And then I I fucking watched New Year's Dash and I'm in my kitchen and I'm trying to make dinner and... I was fine with like all the the flowers and the, and the ceremony part of it. Yeah. And then his wife and son come in the ring, and that was it. I couldn't, I couldn't take it no more. I couldn't take it no more. Right there, ladies and gentlemen, that's 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 raw emotion right there. That's uh, professional wrestling. That's I mean, this for 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 Joe and I. This is not just. Something that uh, it's like, hey, this is just entertainment. You you become connected with these characters. You become connected with these individuals, and um, it was a great honor to to be able to watch him throughout my life. You know, I I got introduced to Liger in WCW, and um, fell in love with this Power Ranger esque character. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, that's how my daughter knows him. Yeah. <laughs> Dad is is that the guy who looks like the Power Ranger? Yes, <laughs> you know, and and just being mesmerized by by some of his in ring work. You know, the uh, I'll never forget seeing him in the ring with with Eddie Guerrero, and you know that's when I fell in love with Eddie Guerrero. And I you know as I got older, I realized that a lot of the people that I fell in love with, I fell in love with because Jushin Dunn Liger. You know, and then you you know I I I got to appreciate him more and more and. Uh, to be able to see him at his at his older age and still see him compete with so much passion, the, the match he had against a man who's in the ring right now, Taiji Shimori. I mean, you, you even though you know his career was coming to an end and, and you you just he couldn't do it anymore, 
he has so much heart and soul for that business. Yeah, so much love. And as he would always tell you, it was just, it's, it was just pure fun for him. Yeah, he you know? actually he <laughs> actually hated it when fans would thank him for <laughs> his hard work because he's like, this is not work. I'm having fun. This is what I do for a living. So I mean, I mean, a hell of a career. Thirty six years. I mean. Some people retire at the age of 36 because their bodies can't handle it anymore. He went 36 years of his life. Yeah, and he's and still, yeah, he's still functioning. Still functioning. Um, there's not enough minutes in the world that we can give to, to Juice and Liger to tell how we feel about him. Um, I was, I, I just, all I can say, even though he's, he's, if he's listening to this, he's going to hate me, but I, you know, thank you. For, for everything you've given to the business, because without Juice and Dunn Liger, ladies and gentlemen, even if even if you're not a, a fan, even if you, if you want to poke fun at his his attire, if Liger never existed, there's I couldn't even begin to describe how many people wouldn't be in that ring right now. He inspired yeah. generations, not just a generation, generations of wrestlers, and I guarantee you that in another 36 years, he's still going to be inspiring generations. Of new wrestlers, he he was just that good, and you know we always we always have these. I won't say always, but we have in our lives we see these we see these guys step away from it. You know, Michael Jordan retiring, um, you know, Muhammad Ali stepping away from the ring. Who's gonna be the next? Who's gonna be the next? There's never going to be another Juice and Thunder Liger, and I'm not. I'm not going to say that. I'm not trying to be like the old timers that say like the new guys can never be as good. It's it, it. It can never be the same because he was so important to the transition to what wrestling is today, and wrestling today is so much of what it is because of guys like him. You know, we can we can talk about other guys too, but Juice and Thunder Liger was a guy that that really defined what pro wrestling is today. Uh, that the style that you see, the style that you love, he was the pioneer, and he's also the guy that perfected it as well, which is something that just doesn't happen. Yeah, it is. It is truly a once in a lifetime talent, and I am just very thankful that I have been blessed with the ability to witness him live. Yeah, um, which is an, beyond an incredible feeling. And but be able to witness him that was part of that generation, and they got to grow up on Juice and Thunder Liger. So, by you know, on behalf of the Twenty by Twenty Ring Crew and all of our listeners, thank you to to everything that you've contributed, and uh, I hope that uh, for the rest of your days you continue to have fun. And with that, we're going to take a quick timeout, and uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. Thanks for sticking around while we pay some bills. It's round two of this episode. But before we jump into anything else, I want to bring something to the table, brand new to 2020. Do something a little different here. And uh, this will be our it's our first rendition of the coolest shit I've seen this week. Where Joe and I, we just plugged the coolest shit we've seen this week in pro wrestling. Kind of that simple. Absolutely. Coolest shit I've seen this week. We'll always have a sponsor attached to it this week. It is Hulu. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have a Hulu subscription... You need one. We'll even tell you how to save money on your Hulu subscription. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Hulu for all the information. Trust us. Save money like the boys do. Get yourself a Hulu subscription. Check it out. You and I, we just watched 
<laughs> an episode of Little Kenny, which is the cutesy version of Letter Kenny. Here, take a listen. Oh, I thought toothpicks were for cleaning your teeth, but there you are walking on them. Drink milk, bud. Well, my mom says I'm built for speed, yeah. Oh, I'd say you're built to spill. You suck at soccer. Oh, I'd say a good fart would blow you over. <laughs> Fucking point and proof. Watch your step there, your walking sticks will snap, we'll be putting you back together like Humpty Dumpty. Didn't some girls get you suspended for getting a little Humpty? And say, didn't you get sent home from sport camp for having a little Dumpty? Right in his pantses. Oh, your GD right it was right in his pantses. I said, holy shit. Had a little Dumpty right in his bugle boys. Had a little Dumpty do. A Dumpty do do, if we're splitting hairs. I sat in mud, okay? Yeah. Say, hey, since when does mud smell like hard boiled eggs and dead mouses? That mud smelled like Canada Goose's deuces. What fucking terrible thing to happen at activities. It's all pretty exciting, isn't it? Red Rover, Red Rover. Why well, ain't calling you over? You pooped yourself up. Kick rocks. And keep away from our pal. We hope you enjoyed that. Now, to the coolest shit we've seen this week. Matt, I'm gonna let you go first. I'm dying to hear what the coolest shit you've seen this week was. Alright, so I'm gonna leave Wrestle Kingdom out of it because we've already talked about that. I'm gonna be that dead horse. <laughs> so, the coolest thing I, I've seen this week, coolest shit I've seen... Believe it or not, came from yet again the WWE. You're, did, you're just I all know, full of surprises full, there. I you? know, man. I'm just killing myself. <laughs> all the marks, you'd be like, see? You see? <laughs> but no, it was not. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was not the return of Sheamus. Oh, oh. That's not. So much shade there. That's not that cool. I mean, it's, no, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. It's kind of cool. That cool. It's not, it was not the Usos coming back, because yeah, I, I really so, don't care. Yeah. It was not, uh, I don't know, some John Morrison guy showing up. <laughs> like, I don't care about that. No, actually what it was, was a, on an episode of NXT UK. Yes, guys, there's another NXT out there. You, you ever fucking heard of it? <laughs> it's, br- it's really fucking good, actually. The main event of the... January 2nd edition of NXT UK saw a no-holds-barred match between Alexander Wolf and Ilja Dragunov. If I'm saying that right. Yeah, Ilya? Ilya. Ilya, Ilya, Ilya. Dragunov. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, my God. I, I, even though this is an NXT show, I did not expect that kind of brutality on a, bad, on a huh? WWE event, it was it was pretty fucked up. It was some really pretty good spots. It's not quite uh, ICW New York <laughs> brutal, but then again, not many things should be that. Brutal. Yeah, you're right. you're right. <laughs> uh, but it was it was there was a lot of spots and like they just it, what, what I loved about this match is that after they got done doing a spot that you just like holy shit. Beating the shit out of each other. There's tons of headshots with with sticks and candlesticks, tables. After every spot, it was like, okay, what's next? What are we gonna do to each other next? For not, you don't. Now that Alexander Wolf is a part of Imperium, you don't see him do those kind of matches anymore. But lest we forget, when he was with Sanity, that's the kind of matches he, he that's was known right. to do. Yeah, yeah. So this was a really good reminder of just who the fuck Alexander Wolf is. And uh, it was a good, uh, kind of like an ode to the old school Alexander Wolf. And for Dragunov, you 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 expect this scrappy kind of fighter. Yeah, he he's all yeah he always he, has been. Yeah. He, he's out of his mind. He's a good wrestler without the without the weapons. But my God, what a hell of a main event that was! I can't wait to check it out now. One of the, one 
one of, if not the, it was one of, the, if if Wrestle Kingdom didn't happen, easily best match, oh, you know, best oh, sure. best match of of the week. But uh, Wrestle Kingdom kind of stole that away. <laughs> By the way, I this is a perfect time to, you know, because we didn't talk about it on the show, to plug the fact that WWE NXT UK is having a pay per view, NXT UK Takeover Blackpool Two. That's taking place on Sunday, January 12th on the WWE Network. You could uh, go to our website at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. That's all one word. Get yourself a subscription. Check it out for 30 days. Get that event for absolutely free as well as Royal Rumble as well as everything else on the WWE Network. And uh, check out NXT UK every Thursday on the WWE Network. That is 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. And if you can't be there to watch it at that time, it is on demand, so I don't want to hear any excuses. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> um, the coolest shit i seen this week was actually not something i seen, but I heard. Okay. Um, I love the Arn Anderson podcast, and uh, he's, he's just... He's an interesting cat. You don't know much about him other than his body of work, obviously. But um, someone had asked him what wrestlers, like what, what's like a favorite night spot or food that wrestlers would, would usually partake in or go to while on the road. And he was trying to explain, like, it's kind of hard because there's a lot of times after the show, there's not a lot of places that are open and everything. And so, um, him and Conrad get into this conversation about hamburgers, and he's like, believe it or not, he's like, even the most fit bodybuilding guy will always cave for one kind of burger. And he shocked the hell out of both me and Conrad when he said, Whataburger. Conrad was like, are you fucking kidding me? Whataburger? There's plenty of other places out there that have better better burgers you know and he named off like four or five right off the bat and uh arn anderson's like yeah whataburger and then he's like double burger no cheese and he said it very matter of fact when Cameron's like whoa 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 i had all the respect in the world for you until now I'm like who the fuck are you man like i don't even know you right now no cheese on a fucking burger are you kidding me he's like hold on you know let me finish no cheese to make room for more bacon and he's like oh man that's it that's it you you redeemed yourself so that was that was pretty fucking cool to hear and uh it's you, you don't often hear Arn Anderson talk like that. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was fun. It was, it was nice to hear him talk very candidly about, like, the stupidest shit. But that was the coolest shit I heard this week. Nice. <laughs> and as always, we have wrestling on in the background. And I have coffee candy in my mouth. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, we have the January 6th edition of Monday Night Raw. As we see Charlotte Flair, the newly engaged Charlotte Flair, come to the ring. Congratulations to her and Andrade Cien Almas on their engagement. It seems like they started just started dating, right? It's it's. I mean, I don't I don't know their personal lives. It, no, I know, but it's fairly recent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Hey. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, obviously, we are still watching night two of the New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestling Kingdom 14. Uh, We're about to watch the Hiroki Goto versus Kenta match uh, for the Never Openweight Championship. Hell of a match better than I thought it was going to be. Kudos to both guys. Uh, you were just telling me mm-hmm. it seems like we're, we get the the annual Hiroki Goto match for the Never Wait <laughs> Open title at Wrestle Kingdom. Whatever works. Um, he's one of those guys. He's he's. Uh, I don't want to call him a, a jobber or a carpenter or however you want to refer to those guys as, but um, he's definitely your solid mid card guy. You know. Yeah, I mean he's 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 no longer going to be in uh, in the top. I mean he, this is a man. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is a former heavyweight champion, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. I mean he's he's had his his moment in life. He's he's definitely older now in, in age. Uh, I was saying too. I love Goto. I love what he brings to the ring. He's he's not a very um, charismatic wrestler but he's just he's just a great wrestler to beat your ass in that ring and puts on phenomenal matches and you know or a, a, a bad go-to match is you know usually a good match for most other wrestlers so yeah, yeah. you know he's that kind of talent so i don't mean any disrespect by this but i just don't think it, it brings anything new to that belt by giving it back to him again i think there's a laundry list of guys Especially younger talent. Yeah. You know, I, I thought they were doing that with Tai Chi, but, he, you know, his title reign was short-lived. You know, a Sonata would benefit. Because I, I mentioned uh, during our while we were at, in our timeout that Sonata is another guy. That's, when is he going to win the big one? When is he going to win a big one? Not necessarily for the heavyweight title, but just any belt. Any, any singles belt. Because he's had success with tag team action with Evil. But, uh... Yeah, it's just when is it going to happen for him? And that you know that would be a good a good belt, a good introduction belt to to that uh, level of success. But anyways, we talked a lot about New Japan again. Twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash njpw. Get yourself a subscription and get thirty days for free. You can check out both days within those thirty days, no doubt. As well as New Year Dash, as well as. The, the laundry list of January 4th Tokyo Dome shows that date all the way back to 1992, back when they did super shows with a little company called WCW. Um, so you'll see the likes of the Steiner Brothers and Ric Flair and guys of that nature in the first few shows. Uh, and then see where where it's come ever since. You know, some great matches. One of, one of my personal favorites was the Nakamura AJ Styles match. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. One of the probably could go down as one of the at least the candidates for match of the decade last year, last decade. Um, but uh, yeah, just tons of tons of great action to to check out. A um, couple things before we, we we move on here, I actually wanted to sure. throw out there because I I haven't got to see Joe in a couple weeks now, so. I've been itching to, to tell you. I got some news for you, actually. Yeah. Some more things to watch, potentially. One is 
It's a week. It's it's actually twice a week. It's on YouTube. Both of these are on YouTube. Uh, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. If you didn't know, I found out. Maybe so. Maybe these aren't news for you. So, but uh, they they have a weekly show now. Oh, I didn't know about the weekly show. I know mm. you could find uh, previous, like, full pay-per-view style or super shows yeah, they, on YouTube, on their YouTube channel. They they basically, I think they're taking those and they're cutting those into episodes. Okay. But uh, this kind of gets people introduced to uh, their product, obviously. Yeah. Uh, not only that, but um, obviously we're big. we talked about New Japan Pro Wrestling. But there's so many other wrestling companies out there that exist that are just non-Japanese friendly to watch. Some of them are really impossible to get. There is a little bit of light, though, because starting last year, late last year, Pro Wrestling Noah started putting full-length shows on YouTube right? for live streaming. And what the, the, the deal with MLW, uh, they've just announced a pretty decent list of shows that are going to be live stream on both Google Plus and YouTube. So, obviously, Joe, it's not news for Joe. I'm kind of bummed by that. (laughs) 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 Uh, But for everybody else out there, that's something to look forward to because Pro Wrestling Noah is trying to also westernize their product. I'm... This is this is great, dude. This I think this is long overdue. Now all we need is access to some All Japan. <laughs> all Japan, Dragon Gate. <laughs> yes, Dragon Gate. Although please. Dragon Gate does have a streaming service, but yeah. I, it just it's hard it's hard to navigate the website because everything's in Japanese. Yeah. And you know, I just I, I, I can't I mean I, I don't I'll watch anything in Japanese, I yeah, just, yeah. I need to be able to get to it. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> that's all, that's all that really comes down to. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, was it, uh, Russell one out there as well? Yeah. Russell that's one. another good one. Um, I'm interested to see what stardom has to bring to the table. Now that new Japan owns, owns it. Them, yep. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, there was a stardom match that was on. It was a it was a dark match for night one of Russell Kingdom. So that featured. I, I don't think that was. I think that was the first time ever. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 had that. So uh, any kind of Joshi wrestling, on not necessarily Tokyo Dome, but for New Japan. Sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's there's that going on. Um. Like I said, there's tons tons of things happening here. Lots of wrestling to be watched. You know, can't plug them all, but uh, you know, I just, I just, um, this is a free plug here, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, independent wrestling television, I just picked them up again, gave them another shot because I want to see good independent wrestling again. And uh, guys, get yourself a subscription for these guys because it is absolutely um, fun to watch. They got tons of stuff every single week. Tons of good independent wrestling that I, I, I can finally watch now that they fix their streaming service. Um, so there's there's that going on. And uh, let's not forget the month of January is such a big month. It could be a historic month. You know, we, we talked about the the end of a, a career, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and Juice and Thunder Liger. Uh, but it also could be the beginning of 
even more change because as we've talked about on this podcast before the clock's run out for everybody else it's we're, we're now here January 12th Tessa Blanchard has an opportunity to become the first ever female world champion this is this is big news guys this is huge news huge and uh, you know I guess I'll ask the question right now not, we're not going to go through the whole card right now but I asked you this before, and I already I know my what your answer was then. Okay. But now that we are just right around the corner of it, sure, sure. does your answer change, or does Tessa Blanchard is Tessa Blanchard going to walk out of Dallas as the new Impact World Champion? I you know what I think uh, I think just because of the the climate that is the the competition. Uh, between companies right now, I think Impact has no other choice but to let her walk away as champ. Because if they prolong it any further, someone else is going to beat them to the punch. Yeah, and you know it won't be AEW because AEW has already stated that they will not be doing intergender matches. Um, which I don't necessarily understand because. Uh, one of their competitors is obviously transgender, mm-hmm. and um, you know they have received their fair share of flack for that. Um, but Nyla Rose um, competes regularly for them, mm-hmm. and um, essentially every time Nyla Rose steps in the ring. That is what you're getting, whether you want to look at it that way or not. Um, so I don't really see what the big deal is, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I I really do think someone would be. I don't want to call it underhandedness. I just think it's it's just cutthroat business at this point, and I think someone would try to beat them to the punch. There's some companies I really could use that. So Ring of Honor, yeah, and see, there you go. You you know what do they do? Do are they the ones that beat the beat her to the punch? I mean, you made PCO champion. I mean, what are you afraid of? <laughs> <laughs> you made the absolute fucking laughing stock of the wrestling world a champion. And I'm not saying that as a derogatory statement for women, because it's it is very plausible of a woman becoming world champion. This is professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen doesn't always have to fucking make sense. I really wish they would have kept Kelly Klein and made her happy. Because I would love to see her as heavyweight champ. No doubt about it. No doubt in my mind. Take my money all day with that idea. Um, but that's not going to happen. But yeah, I that's that's my answer. I think, I think Tessa Blanchard takes it January 12th. And um, the rest will be history. And now, what I'm excited for now is, where does she get to take that title? Yeah. You know, it'll be really interesting to see where they let her go with it, how many different companies they let her get exposed to. Mm. Because keep in mind, Impact is one of those companies that has a lot of friends out there right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm excited. Tesla World Tour, baby. 
and I don't want to make this a, a conversation about this, but just just real quick, I I, I want to pick your brain because I I've been hearing some things that it, it makes sense. Tessa Blanchard, and I, I'm not saying I agree with it with with them, but it, it does it, it is a compelling argument. Does Tessa Blanchard winning the world championship hurt the women's division? Why why would it hurt the women's division? I mean, because if 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 a woman wins a world title and you're trying to so you have oh, I guess I guess the argument is the women's title basically becomes nothing more than the Intercontinental title for a woman now too. It's just why is that a bad thing? I can say I agree with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, you know, I I listen to a lot of interviews and things like that. Um, A lot of the older wrestlers that are still around, whether it just be, you know, inactively and via podcast only or, you know, still wrestling in the ring, you get a lot of that, hey, it has to be... It has to be believable. At the end of the day, it has to be believable. Now, if you take that into consideration, that statement alone about it being believable, yeah, there's a lot to play with. And I, I'm going to bring this up. I love Arn Anderson. I love him to death. I love his podcast. He brought this up in one of his episodes because it was asked to him as a question. And he did not like the idea... Of Tessa Blanchard versus Brian Cage. He felt it was very unbelievable because of how big Brian is. Now, I understand where he's coming from, but we live in, especially these days, we live in the day of age, day and age of pro wrestling where pretty much at any given time anything truly does go. <laughs> so, I get. Brian Cage versus Tessa Blanchard has already happened before. You can, I'm pretty sure you can YouTube highlights of it, at least uh, one of their meetings. And to my knowledge, from what I remember, there were no weapons involved. Okay? Straight up wrestling match. Great. I think that's where Arn Anderson has an issue with this. But. What do you do if you if you change the outcome of that match, and you you use um, foreign objects or what have you for her to beat Brian Cage? What message do you send then? How does that trans transpire now? Mm-hmm. And so you're never gonna you're never gonna um, please all of the people all over time. I think. Intergender wrestling is something that older wrestlers just need to come to grips with. And it, it was eventual. It, or inevitable. It's, it's inevitable. That's a better word. It's going to happen. It's just one of those logical steps you take after a certain amount of time. Um, of, there's still a lot of people that don't agree with that type of wrestling. I don't mind it. Just make it entertaining. Do I think personally that Brian Cage is is capable of losing to Tessa Blanchard? Absolutely. She's not. It it isn't about her being a woman. She's a professional, highly skilled wrestler. 
She can fucking out-wrestle Brian Cage. Are you kidding me? He's a, He's got the body of a big meathead. <laughs> you know? And that is what it is. It's, it's up to him to out-wrestle her. It's as simple as that. Because by that logic, you know, no one no one would ever beat Andre the Giant. But we all know Andre the Giant is beatable. Yeah. You know? Years before fucking Hulk Hogan body slammed him at WrestleMania 3, Harley Race did it in the NWA. You just no, never didn't. got to see it. No, he didn't. Vince, Vince told us otherwise. Yeah, because we never got to see it. On, <laughs> exactly. So... Anything's possible, and yeah. especially in professional wrestling. Anything is possible, and the moment you you subscribe to it not being possible, you might as well just check your pro wrestling card, and that includes Arn Anderson. For my money, he he bled buckets of blood. For he did, card. he did bleed buckets <laughs> of blood, and uh, I'm forever thankful for it. I I will I will say this. Um, I'm, you know, the the people that uh, that say stuff like that, you know, I, I agree. It is, uh, it is, it is really tough to take you seriously when you um, when you buy into it that that much. I mean, this isn't. It, it, it goes it goes without saying that you know, wrestling is kayfabe. Wrestling. Wrestling isn't a hundred percent real, of course. You know, it's stage, and you don't have to be real to make it believable. You know, it doesn't have to actually happen. You know, I mean, I, I get the science behind why it's it's not believable, but you know what? It, let's say they had a street fight. Let's say they had a, like a legit street fight. Let's put this in perspective. Could Tessa Blanchard actually beat Brian Cage in a street fight? Yeah, because anybody could beat anybody, you know, depending on yeah. the situation, you know? <laughs> I mean, your back's against the wall. I don't care how big of a motherfucker you are. I'm not the biggest dog in the fight. I, I've, I've rarely ever been. But it don't mean I'm even going to fight. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's that's really all pro wrestling needs to be is, Tessa Blanchard wants to be the champion. Is she really? Is she willing to go through hell to get it? Because that's what it's going to take, and she's shown that. And the beauty of it is that she's got a guy on the opposite side of Sammy Callahan that's that's willing to push her to that limit and tell that story too. It, it is a very believable thing. And and by Arn's logic, it, Sammy Callahan's not a big guy. Yeah, he's not Brian Cage size. <laughs> right. You know. As far as the the women division situation, I, I don't I don't I don't buy into that. I don't uh, I don't look at it that way at all. I mean, this is this is not about it is about women, but it's not about women as a as a division. It's about women as a whole, as a as as a gender. You know, to be the first, to be to represent an entire gender, and say you do something that no other woman has been able to do. It doesn't discredit everything else. Uh, it just um, and, or 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 diminish the meaning of a women's championship um, because just you know it, this might not every woman just like with every man can be world champion. Not everybody is capable of that. Not everybody is is destined to be the best. 
male or female, the that's what makes that title so so special. The, what what this is doing is opening the door, saying if you have somebody that is the legit talent, is the real deal. Well, why should we cap them off at a gender-only title? We shouldn't. Not saying that, you know, Madison Rain, with all due respect, should be fighting for the fucking title because she's not that good. Tessa Blanchard's been gone through the ringer. But then again, anybody that's a world champion and, and, every, and, and every company, with the exception of WWE, will do this, will make you go through the fucking ringer. Unless your name is Brock Lesnar. <laughs> but that's 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 really the. I mean, you look at any championship. That's you know, you win a fucking Super Bowl. You're not just handed it. You had to go through the fucking twenty or sixteen game fucking regular seasons like everybody else, and 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 go through the grueling playoff and and all that stuff to finally get that opportunity. That's all this is doing. Is okay. You're willing to go through all that. And put your character through all that, and and, and and do these, and have these high caliber matches. If you can do all that, then why shouldn't you be world champion? Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, nothing more. Other than that, you know, it's it's the same thing I have with with cruiserweights. If a guy that's one hundred and ninety pounds, willing to do all that, it's b- totally believable that he can be a guy like Brock Lesnar. Yeah, it's totally believable. I mean, we've done it before. Yeah. We've done it before. I mean, so I don't know why, where that's all coming from. And this, this whole believable bullshit. Go watch MMA. The wrestling isn't for you. Yeah. Which MMA is also fake, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've 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 had some some heated some heated words said to me. I bet. Regarding MMA fans. Those, I, I bet. Those fanboys, man, they are really really fucking bitchy. <laughs> you, you make fun of their MMA, their precious MMA. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, a lot going on this month. Again, you have you have a potentially first ever woman world champion. The NWA World Television Championship is being brought back this month. Yes, and uh, and we kick off WrestleMania season. So we do. That's a lot happening this month. Yeah. We, we got our we got our we got our plates full. But enough of that, it is time for us to wrap up the first round of our Good Brothers Tournament. Absolutely. It's been a long time coming. Yes, it has. It's been <laughs> fun, though. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Arn Anderson, uh, let's let's start with him, him and Oli. Arn and Oli Anderson, the Andersons taking on uh, the British Bulldog, David Boy Smith, and Owen Hart. This is an easy one. I yeah, think. I, th- I think so. Oh, okay. please, go I, ahead. I love, I love Owen Hart. He's uh, one of these the best to ever step in that ring. Bulldog, another great, another legend of this business. We're not a very good tag team, in my opinion. It it lacked, it lacked chemistry the way that. Uh, the way that two people that you know were actually related should be—I know this is by marriage, but you know that should be—and uh, it just—it didn't mesh. It just really didn't mesh. I know they won titles, but at least they had a title run uh, that I think Owen was injured most of, anyways. 
Arnold Anderson, you you are obviously the bigger the bigger fan of, of of this team than I am, but I know enough about pro wrestling to know that they dominated their era. Minnesota Wrecking Crew, man, <laughs> holy fuck! Yes, dom- domination doesn't even begin to do it justice. And you're right. For me, that's what it is here in this match. It is all about cohesiveness. And mm. you're right. Bulldog and Owen Hart just don't have... They have some, but they don't have the level of the Andersons. Yeah. good, Great singles wrestlers. It, it just didn't mesh in the uh, in the tag team division. I loved, uh, I loved hearing on Arn Anderson's podcast. So, C.W. Anderson, who uses the Anderson name... Right. Had come up to Arn Anderson at some point and was like, "Hey, Arn, you know I admire you and everything, and that's why I use the name. I hope you don't mind." He's like, "Cause I'm not a real Anderson." And Arn looked at him. He says, "Son, neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> you are more than welcome to use the name." <laughs> um, C.W. Anderson was on NWA Power a couple weeks ago. Nice. Uh, if you didn't yeah. get to see it, if you guys didn't get to see it. Um, Nice to see such a familiar face. He was in uh, like a qualifying match for a mm-hmm. spot in the TV title tournament. Say that three times fast. <laughs> Fuck. So are we in agreement? The Andersons roll over Owen and, and it's, Bulldog. It's you know it's it's the closest thing to a squash match that you can <laughs> respectfully get to. Um, not quite, not quite the Godwins though. <laughs> <laughs> there's that there's that one Godwin fan that just goes in the fetal position every time we bring him up. <laughs> uh, moving on, I'm trying to think what's next. Oh yeah, okay. So uh, oh here's here's an interesting one. Uh, our next match in the last part of the first round of the Good Brothers tournament, the fabulous Freebirds taking on none other than. Ray Phoenix, Pentagon Jr., the Lucha Brothers. Um, is the Freebird rule in effect here? Or did, no? We we talked about this. I think it was. We, talk, uh, we talked about this because we both have an equal dis, uh, disposition with Michael PSA. Yeah. So we're talking about the Freebirds, as in pure uh, stupid. <laughs> we're talking about the version of the Freebirds that have uh, Terry Bam Bam Gordy. And, um, and Buddy and Buddy Rogers. Yeah. So interesting, interesting clash of styles to say the least. It, oh, good how, God, how did this yeah. match even go? <laughs> I could tell you one thing: if if Bam Bam gets a hold of either one of the Lucha Brothers, you can fucking forget about it. Uh, I think out of the two, he's. The bigger problem for both of those guys, especially since they're high flyers, mm-hmm. like that would be the first thing he did was like "fuck you," I'm gonna take your legs out. What's interesting about this, the uh, people tend, not 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 you per, per, uh, per se, but people tend to forget that Pentagon is not just a high flyer; he's, he's known for roughneck style too, and he's gotten into plenty of fights in his career. Uh, Ray Phoenix is definitely the high flyer, more high flyer of, of the two. Uh, I, you know, I see this the way. I see this match going down. Freebirds, Freebirds, they 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 pick apart Ray Phoenix, and I don't mean to pick on Ray Phoenix here, 
But they pick apart Ray Phoenix. He's the smaller of the two Lucha Brothers, and and they work the ring. That's what they do. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna cut off that ring, and they're going to quick tag them out in and out and beat the ever living shit out. Do double teams, do stuff like that. Now traditional tag team uh, rules would apply here as far as storyline writing goes, and the hot tag would eventually come right. <laughs> Ah, the hot tag. The hot tag will eventually come, and <laughs> in comes Pentagon Jr. Is that enough? I, I don't know. I, I, I love the Lucha Brothers, one of my favorite tag teams today. But this is a really tough first-round pick for me. It is. It definitely is. Um, but you're going to make us pick, so. <laughs> we do have to have a winner. Yeah, there can't be any draws. Um, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here. And uh, say two words. Cero miedo. I'm going with the Lucha Brothers. Pentagon is a dirty bastard. He is. <laughs> he is. <laughs> this is, you know, we again, we, I, I, I truly feel that we picked the better of the Freebirds here. Oh, absolutely. And... Without a doubt, dude. Without a doubt. <laughs> and No uh... fucking Jimmy Garvin. Oh, there. yeah. I, I mean, because yeah. he's on another team, too, but it's still... That oh that was the absolute worst version of the fucking free roots. The the Lucha Brothers they've again we we've used this a lot and and I don't want to keep using this as 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 a, a thing here but it has to be it has to be used in their advantage again the well traveled you know you you've seen you've seen because even though the Freebirds they did travel but they this is a, a southern based style wrestling tag team. Where the, the again the Lucha Brothers, they, they've they've been all over the world. Yeah, yeah. When you've seen all these, these this clash of styles, and they've been in a ring with clash of styles, and I think a lot of it too for me goes to Big Brother because, with all even though uh, Ray Phoenix is, is a former AAA Mega Champion, you know he lost that recently to Kenny Omega a few months back, but uh, you know Pentagon Junior is a guy that 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 was dominating that single scene for such a long time and, and is getting into scrappy fights and he was a hardcore wrestler some people dubbed him as for a while there's a lot of styles here too um i think the hot tag is enough if they do really go that route and uh, not to say anything bad about ray phoenix either because then the man the man can hold his own too and he's definitely improved as a singles wrestler so much over the past year and a half um I think for me, what really sparked that was his match against Kenny Omega the first time. Okay. At that indie show that we watched, that's from uh, from Maryland Championship Wrestling or something like that. And uh, you know, it was it was it was that it was a match like that to you know, realize that like you have two great singles wrestlers that are that bring that to the table and become a phenomenal tag team. And as good as the Freebirds are, it's this is a close one and. I really want to say the Freebirds, but I, I, I got to go the edge of experience in a sense and go with the Lucha Brothers. You mentioned well-traveled, and I, I immediately thought of uh, Bam Bam going to Japan to yeah. wrestle out there, but I think he had a lot more singles experience out there, more than tag, and when he did tag, I don't think it was a lot of Freebird tag. I think it was like him and Stan Hansen and him, yeah. you know, so, um, yeah. Uh, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Lucha Brothers advance. 
So while we're while I was talking, I gotta tell the, the our listeners. <laughs> yeah, please do. You know, again, we got New Japan Wrestle Kingdom Night Two on currently JY versus Kota Bushi in the ring, and then we have the main event, I believe, for Raw, the January sixth edition of Raw. It's AOP and Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, and a secret partner they've been building up all night. And that secret partner is none other than 50-year-old Big Show. Let's not kid ourselves. It's not Seth Rollins and AOP. It's the S.H.I.E.L.D. version 2.0. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's fair. That's fair. You know what, like, I didn't mind the, the heel turn because, at first, because they had to do it. Because they didn't know how to get this fucking guy over anymore. Well, he's a better heel than he is a babyface. He is. He is, and, and the crowd turned against him. So I mean, yeah. it, it just made sense. It made sense to do that, but I don't know. I don't get this whole AOP thing. It's just, yeah. But, but yeah, 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 this is WWE. Fucking big show. This is what WWE does. They get you excited all night. Not that I give a shit about the, who the secret partner was, but it's the fucking big show. Like, you might as well give me fucking Kane in a fucking business suit. Like, <laughs> Mayor Kane. Hey, fucking pull Macho Man's bones out of the grave while we're at it. Fuck. Him and Hogan can fight at WrestleMania. Yeah, it's just... Because it, Hogan's training again. Oh, is so he training again? He's training for WrestleMania. Oh, God. Hogan versus Taker. I No, I told you he wants a shot at Vince. Oh, he wants Vince again? He wants a shot at Vince. They did that 10 years ago. Well, they, he did a lot of things 10 years ago. Jesus, I can't believe there's people out there that actually like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can already hear somebody in the back of my head. Um, <laughs> back to the tournament. Um, oh, this one's pretty interesting. You have uh, the Funks, Terry, and who did we say? I think it was Dory, right? Oh yes, Dory. Tor, uh, Tori, yeah. Terry and Dory Tori Funk. and Derry. <laughs> <laughs> Terry and Dory Funk Jr., the Funk Brothers, taking on uh, the Malenkos, and that would be Joe and Dean. I keep wanting to say Boris, but that's that's, that's, that's their Papa, dad. right? Yeah, that's yeah. their dad, yeah. All right, so yeah. Uh, if you're not familiar, the Malenko Brothers had a lot of success in all Japan pro wrestling. Uh, hell of a tag team, but... Again, kind of the same thing with our last match. Do they have enough to beat the Funks, who are very well traveled? Yes. By the way. Yes. And and again, not, for everyone that's, that's that's listening, not everything is based on how well traveled you are. But experience is a big thing. Experience is experience. Absolutely. It, it, it has to be. It has to be taken into account. Um, in my opinion, the Malinkos has the best wrestler. Sure, and and all of this and Dean, uh, but uh, and that's the thing. Like they have all their success, they build, they build up to a very successful career as mm. a tag team in all Japan. But then that's it. After that, Dean leaves yeah. and goes to WCW. Yes, and he does it without his brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it, that's it. That's it. Yeah, you know that that that's the that's the extent of it. But while they were together. Hell of a fucking tag team. I think the the two, you know, another thing too is that the Funks is that it's just like, what are you going to get with those two with those two boys? Because they wrestle so many different styles as well. Both of them do. 
Yeah. But, I mean, Terry's been around for, I mean, he's been wrestling for 70 years now, apparently, it seems. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, don't know, I mean, it's just, this guy would never stop. But uh, is, it, is it bad? Is, how bad or how hard of, of, a, of a wrestler, uh, of, of a wrestling fan am I when I'm sitting there watching the new Netflix version of Dracula and there's an episode where he comes out of the water and it's it's like modern times and he's like how long was I down there and they're like 123 years and the first person I thought about was Terry Funk <laughs> no bullshit I laughed my fucking ass off for like five minutes I had to pause the, the episode because I was laughing so fucking hard but uh, yeah. but it's true though. Yeah, he's he just won't free. retire. <laughs> and, well, he's had multiple retire retirements, and he just every time he <laughs> retires, he just comes back. I remember what was it? Um, Beyond the mat. Yeah, twenty one years ago now, or you know, <laughs> he retired then. Yeah, <laughs> he's still wrestling. Like fuck, dude! Like just just hanging out, man. It's okay. No, um, out of the, out of the two. With all due respect, both great tag teams. Uh, I be be honest, I've only seen a couple of Briscoe matches, or I'm sorry, Malenko a cu- couple matches. of Malenko matches. I looked down, I saw Briscoes, yeah, yeah. and I thought Briscoes. Um, but uh, I mean, what I saw, I mean, I I, I enjoyed, of course. But uh, for me, I, yeah, I give a slight edge to the Funks. I, I think uh, I, you know this is a, one of those lost tag teams matches that that are going to go that. You know, some of our fans might not uh, appreciate as much, but you know, do yourself a favor and go back and watch watch all these guys perform as both tag team and single wrestlers for the for absolute legends of this business. I know we poke fun at Terry Funk, but <laughs> he is a legend of the business. <laughs> he just needs to fucking retire. <laughs> it was it was like watching. Uh, I, you know, again, I was talking about independent wrestling t- uh, television. Um, Definitely, definitely worth getting a subscription for. I was watching ICW New York show, and with Necro Butcher. For those who don't know Necro Butcher, you're in for a fucking show. I mean, this guy is. Uh, if you've ever seen the the movie The Wrestler, he's in the wrestler. Yeah, the wrestler. Yeah. He's he's the. Uh, it's it's the, the hardcore match. It's the yeah. It's the only hardcore match in the movie. Um, I think he has a black sleeveless shirt on and some cut off jean shorts. Yeah. And he wrestles barefoot in the ring. That's yeah. Necro Butcher. And he looks nothing like that now. I'm d I can't wait to log on and see and yeah. see what he looks like. I'm I'm definitely interested. And like for a first time for a first timer who doesn't who's never seen it, you'd be like, This guy is the king of death matches. <laughs> He's known for death matches. This guy? Like he looks like he, you know, he he just looks like that that weird guy that walks barefoot but you know wants to cut your grass for no money. You you. <laughs> <laughs> you usually get like two two types of people when you mention the word deathmatch. You either get like this very scarred up, you know, like uh, <laughs> who who are we watching? It, uh, um, Takeda. Yeah, Takeda. Um, Masahi Takeda earlier we were watching him and you know, look picture look up pictures of him look up images on Bing or Google it's pretty graphic he's scarred all over the damn place he's got permanent holes in his body um 
that is a deathmatch wrestler. Um, yeah. You could tell right away. But then you look at someone like Necro Butcher, and you're right. He doesn't look anything like he would be involved in that at all. Minus, you know, minus the few scars here and there. But, yeah. And then you have Nick Gage. <laughs> who's a fan um, of the show. Yeah. Um, and, and a guy I would never piss off. No, no, not at all. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> laugh, well, I laugh because uh, we were watching the ICW show earlier. And he, there was a guy at ringside who, yeah. who had a little bit of liquid courage in him, and he was telling Nick Gage to fuck off or fuck you. And Nick Gage told him flat out, I don't care if I go to jail. You want to fight? We'll go fight in the parking lot after the show, and I will fucking stab you, pretty much. So there you go. And that was not an empty threat, and no, I would hope not. that guy <laughs> did not take him up on that offer. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nick Gage is not somebody you'd fuck with. But yeah, um, go back to the tournament. The Funks, they, they, I, I, are we? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's okay. do it. The Funks are moving on to round number two, and uh, we got one more match. One more match. If I'm not mistaken, it is the Wild Samoans taking on the original Von Eriks out of the two pairs we have here in the tournament. Yes. Um, which we decided was. Um, Ross and uh, th- their dad, Ro- Ross and uh, oh, Ross and Marshall are together. Yeah, Ross and Marshall's dad, Kevin. Oh, Kevin, oh, Kevin. Kevin and yeah. Carrie. Kevin. Oh, and are we Car- doing Carrie or are we doing? I thought you didn't oh, want to da- do Carrie. Oh, oh, you're right. Yeah. So it was yeah. David. I'm sorry. David. Yeah. David. <laughs> David and Kevin. Von I was going by what you told me. You gave. <laughs> you told me the rules. It's been so long. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, the Wild Samoans taking on the team of the Von Eriks okay. in, in David and Kevin. Um, this is like a fucking Saturday night at the Sportatorium, yeah. pretty much. Oh, oh, if that's the case, I mean, then I mean, the Von Eriks right, definitely the fucking Von Eriks, right? So, <laughs> uh, you know what? So, obviously, that's not the case, and we're yeah. talking straight-up legitimate tag teams. Um I could tell you right now, the Wild Samoans all day. Yeah? Yeah, take my money. They are, uh... <laughs> I have to tell the story. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, years and years and years ago, we're at a friend's house. We're at Mr. Wrestling Six house, Six's house. He's got a bunch of people over. We're watching a, I believe it was a an NWA TNA pay-per-view that featured Samoa Joe and one of our guests, um... He was drunk off his ass, and he kept waltzing in and out of the living room because he's not a wrestling fan, but he's there to party and drink. So at one point, he comes into the the living room, and he sees Samoa Joe on the television, and he or keep in mind, he is completely inebriated, maybe twice over, and he's trying to tell us how tough he thinks Samoa Joe is, because he's Samoan, right? Only it didn't come out that way. And uh, essentially what he said was, you can't fuck with Samoan people because it's like six feet to their heart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to do it in his voice because then it'll give it away right away. But, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> needless to say, we all died laughing. That was the wasn't the only fucked up shit he had to say that night. But I felt that 
I felt it viable here. If only I knew you guys then. <laughs> Man. That's what happens when you're the young guy. The <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, Six feet to the... Yeah, he went on later that night to also uh, be so drunk that he somehow picked up a jar of pickle juice and completely thought it was his beer. And so for half the night he was drinking pickle juice until I pointed it out. And then he didn't believe me until he drank it and he's like, who took my beer and replaced it with pickle juice? Anyway. Uh, Yeah, for my money, wild Samoans all day because it's six feet to their heart. (laughs) (laughs) So... So your pick really is Wild Samoans. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I, don't get me wrong. Von Erichs, awesome tag team. No matter. I'm no, surprised by this because you're a big world class guy. Yeah. No. No matter the. No matter what mix of Von Erichs you get, they were pretty fluid with one another. You know. Especially Lance. And and you know. <laughs> and it was because they all trained together all yeah. the damn time. Right. Fritz. That's what Fritz did to his boys. You know, and that's part of the reason a lot of them aren't around today. But, I digress. Even with that being said, as as much as they were over and as fluid as they were, wild Samoans all day. What about it? For for people listening that, that would want to know exactly why. What, what do they have to look forward to for the wild Samoans in, in their next match? Like, what is it? What is it about them? Um... So, first of all, they they will always be much more well-traveled. Again, not that that's the only thing. Sure, yeah. But also, way fucking tougher physically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those guys, they are. They, they Like, you think about any and every Samoan wrestler in professional wrestling, like, ever. I can pretty much guarantee you they're tougher than like 75% of most of the wrestlers in the business. That's just the way they're they're bred. It's 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 in their beliefs, it's in their culture when it comes to pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. It it's just something that gets carried from generation to generation and it's a, a standard that they set for themselves. Um but they're all any any Samoan wrestler in the business is a product of a of of a wrestling family. Yeah, multiple generations of wrestlers, and again that was the same for the Von Erichs, but they were only second and third generation. Mm-hmm. So it's just it it's almost like it's in their DNA. So I have a confession to make. Okay, I I was ready to have a debate with you about this because I I'd assumed that you were going Von Erichs. Okay. And uh, not just because you're a big world class guy, but I you know I don't know, I just thought you were gonna go Von Erichs. That was my guess. <laughs> and uh, and I wasn't opposed to going with Von Erichs but I at least wanted to throw out their the Wild Samoans and I didn't want to be yet another Entity that overlooks what those what those two men brought to the table. Um, you know, for for so many people like myself, while Samoans, you got to see in companies like WWF, and 
it was the same shtick every single time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But what you weren't able to actually see was just how good, obviously, but more importantly, how fast and how consistent they were able to go. They did things during that time frame that the rest of the talent couldn't keep up with. Yeah, absolutely. It was so innovative. And unfortunately, especially in the time of WWF, they they it was written out as like oh they're just crazy fucking guys from Samoa that's all yeah, they are the you know Islanders and, yeah and, you know it's it, all the same shtick yeah different names but and the the problem with that obviously is that you, you have two guys that just they were better than all your other fucking tag teams yeah and instead of running with it they just made fun of it and you know and that was unfortunate and I didn't want to at least do that. I'm totally on board with the Wild Samoans knocking off the Von Erichs. And, and unfortunately for the Von Erichs, they, neither team makes it out of the first round. But Wild Samoans, I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Absolutely. And there you have it. Round one is finally complete. We have uh, finally gotten through it. And uh, it's only going to get tougher from here, folks. Simple as that. Um the round two teams are as follows. The Young Bucks, the Hardy Boys, uh, Gorillas of Destiny, the Brothers of Destruction, which is Undertaker and Kane, mm-hmm. um, the Harris Brothers, the Dudley Boys, the original Heart Foundation, the Briscoes, uh, that would be Jack and Jerry Briscoe, uh, the Guerreros, the Vashans, the Bashams, uh, the other set of Briscoes from Ring of Honor, uh, Mark and Jay. Uh, you have the Andersons, the Lucha Brothers, the Funks, and the Wild Samoans. That rounds out all of our round two teams. And we will continue the tournament in the following weeks. Please, by all means, stay tuned and listen to the podcast and and um, follow the tournament along with us. Um, I think that's it for us this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of playing catch up, but uh, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely uh, it's definitely been been a fun road to get here. Yeah, we're back to uh, <laughs> we're we're back to regular scheduled wrestling again. This is just, you know now that the holidays are now that the holidays are over, so it's just it's just a good time. It's a good time again. That that regular feeling again. I mean, nobody likes the regular. Monday to Friday, but you know we have wrestling every fucking day, so absolutely, you got some kind of escape. You can always catch us on social media. Twenty X Twenty Crew dot com is our home on the web. Uh, Facebook dot com slash Twenty X Twenty Crew is our official Facebook page. If you want to sit and talk to Matt and I, you can do that on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk. Um, please don't forget we are on Twitter. You can hate tweet us at twitter.com slash 20x20crew. Um, please send us photos of you at live events uh, or, or any other kind of photos you want to share. I'm sure uh, I don't know why people haven't taken us up on nipple pics yet, but hey, it's always an option. Uh, Instagram.com slash 20x20crew will uh, will get you will afford you that opportunity. Um, 
And, uh, of course, the Good Brothers Tournament is part of our exclusive YouTube content where, um, actually, you'll be, you'll, you'll be able to hear the Good Brothers Tournament in its entirety um, over on YouTube, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube will get you directly to our YouTube channel. And um, as of this recording, YouTube has changed the rules about content. So uh, please, ladies and gentlemen, we are we are marked um, as content not safe for children. Um, so unfortunately, we do not cater to children of ages 13 and below um that has never been our stick nor will it ever will be uh although we do encourage you guys go you know go check out professional wrestling with your children yeah especially indie wrestling i mean come on you it's a good time um and it's you got 20 bucks lying around yeah and these days these days a lot of it is is completely family orientated they don't want to take away their 20 bucks you know so but uh, I digress. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget the little bell so that uh, you can be notified every time we post new stuff on YouTube. Um, as we see Jay White win here on the second night of New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 14. Um, hell of a fucking match, man. Hell of a fucking match. Um... I think that's it. I think that's all the uh, the plugs. And uh, shit, man, I can't believe we just talked for two fucking hours. Well, <laughs> longer because they only hear two hours. But yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode ninety-one, um, and I I can never thank you guys enough. Thank you for whether it's five minutes of conversation online or you continually listening to the show. Whatever you guys do for us, thank you. Thank you so much. Very much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Again, happy new year, everybody. Happy new year. You know, let's 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 start this year out a bang. Twenty twenty, man. I'm, I'm excited about where where our future for this podcast lies, and um, I hope you guys continue to enjoy what we do. And and uh, and if you're not, you know, keep listening, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ninety-one, man. We're gonna hit. We're gonna hit one hundred this this year. It's 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 just an incredible feeling. Um, Absolutely. So, on behalf of uh, on behalf of this podcast, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. You guys have been fantastic. And until next week, we will see, see you in the, the ring. ring.